You think being meek is weak, huh? Try being meek for a week. Ain't that right, Shaq? Good evening, good evening, and welcome back to another episode of Into the Deep, amen. Amen. Welcome back. We are back with another episode. I'm so excited to be with you on tonight. Amen. Glory be to God. I want to let y'all know tonight's going to be special. Amen. I'm, we're going to be talking about a passage of scripture that I love to study, that I love to talk about. We're going to be talking about this, and I'm going to hold on probably for the end of this series, but God says tonight is what we need it for. So we're going to talk about this passage of scripture. But if you don't know, we are into the deep and we are in a new series called Who Am I? Amen. Where we're talking about who we are in Christ. And if you don't, if you haven't been tuning in with us for the episode in 2024, we have been talking about I am a witness, I am a worshiper, and I'm a vessel used by God. Amen. In our second episode, we had Pastor Cheryl who came and brought forth a study and what we did to dive deep into the topic of fasting and praying. We're a call to fast. We're a call to pray. Amen. And on last week, we talked about I am a disciple. We talked about how we are disciples, how we are supposed to be discipling others that want to get disciples. Discipling is a never-ending cycle. We disciple, we get disciple, and we disciple others. Amen. And tonight we're going to be talking about I am affirmed, I am called, and I am verified. Amen. 
So again, I am affirmed, I am called, and I am verified. That is what we're going to talk about tonight. In our passage of scripture, many, many people know about this passage. Many people have probably heard about this passage. This passage is Acts chapter 9. This is where Saul is on his way to Damascus. And they call it his Damascus experience, Damascus Road. And this is where he has a moment with Christ the Savior. And his life is turned upside down. So we're going to dive into this passage. So if you don't have your Bible, don't worry about it. I'll read it for you. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. So Acts chapter 9, at the first verse, it reads, Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters of address to the synagogue in Damascus, asking for that cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. Whew, that was all that one of his verses. Verse 3. As he was approaching Damascus on his mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Verse 5. Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men with Saul stood speechless, for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but saw no one. Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to the masses. He remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. Amen. Amen. Glory be to God. Woo. I told you I love studying to accept not because it, it God reveals so much to me. He reveals the power in the words. Amen. So here we are in Acts chapter 9. We're talking about Saul's transformation. Acts chapter 9, we're, we're, we're talking about Saul. And if you if you haven't been following into the deep, uh before we got into Who Am I, the series, we were in a series called Save heal, and deliver. Amen? So, save, heal, and deliver. And that series was where we were talking about our trauma, our triggers, and our tantrums. How we got thrown into some trauma, how we, get, how we got afflicted by some traumas, how we get caught off guard by triggers, how we just throw tantrums and tantrums. Is it just the kids, it's the grown adults in their 40s, 30s, 20s, it's for everybody. 
And, and when we talked about how our trauma holds us back, how trauma, it, how we get solid because of our trauma, how we stop doing what God called us to do because of our trauma. But, but we talked about how when we come to Jesus Christ, how he saved and healed us from our traumas, our triggers, and our parents. And now we are in this series, Who Am I? Who am I after the trauma? Who am I after being saved, healed, and delivered? Who am I? And tonight we're going to be talking about Paul, Saul, Saul of the Mask, Saul of Tarsus. This man, we, we, we see in Acts chapter 9 how he got thrown off his horse and he sees Jesus Christ. How, and then we know what happened after the transformation, but we don't know much about what happened before or during the transformation process. But tonight, and tonight we're going to be talking about Saul in his transformation period. But before we get really into that, before we really get deep into that, I want to just discuss to you some points I see. The very first point I seen was that Saul was still persecuting churches. If you go to verse 1, it, it starts off that Saul was giving threats to the church. He wanted to persecute. He wanted to kill. He was eager. He, 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 it was his action. He had a desire in his heart to kill anyone who claimed to be Christians, who claimed to be followers of the Lord. He was, he was excited about it. He was excited about persecuting and killing Christians. Killing people who call themselves followers of Christ. He was excited. But, but in his excitement, he still respected authority. Because he it says in verse second part of verse one and verse two. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogue in Damascus, asking for their corroboration and the arrest of any followers of the way he found them. The, the, the reason that is so powerful, listen, one, Saul was excited and passionate to kill followers of the Lord, right? But, but, but he wasn't in it by himself. He respected the authority, so he went to the high priest. He went to the, let me bring it to our time, our day and time. He went to the pastors of churches. He went to the pastors of churches in a time that was called Pharisees. He went to these Pharisees to get permission to kill followers of Christ. You see, Saul got a mission. Saul got a purpose from authority figures in the church. To go against Christ. 
of the church. So, 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 what I'm trying to bring out to you before we get any deep, there are some people who call themselves believers of God. So there are some people who call themselves believers of God, but don't have Christ in them. They, 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 will, they will speak scripture, they will speak scripture to tear other people down and build themselves up. But if, it's, but if Christ isn't backed up by it, it holds no weight. If Christ isn't backed up by your words, if Christ isn't backed up by your actions, it holds no weight. You, you can do all things you want to do. You can have as much passion, as much love, as much enthusiasm to do anything you want to do. But if Christ isn't backed up by it, if Christ doesn't give you the seal of approval, it means nothing. You, you see, Paul, Saul was known for killing Christians. He was known by the high priest. He was known for persecuting Christians. He was leading the charge. But he was appointed by man. Verse 3, and, and he was approaching Damascus on his mission. He was going about his business, doing what he said he was going to do. All of a sudden, there was a light from heaven. All of a sudden, as he was doing what he wanted to do, as he was passionately going, getting ready to go persecute and kill Christians, God appeared before him. God appeared before him and knocked him down. Not one of these stop right there. You see, you can be excited and passionate about whatever you want to do. You can be exalted by man. You can be approved by man. But when God comes and knocks you down, then he let you know. When God elevates you, no man can knock you down. When God elevates you, when God exalts you, no man can tear you down. But when man exalts and elevates, God can knock you down. Whatever man builds, God can tear down. But whatever God builds, no man can destroy. So, so here we are. He's on, Saul is on his way to do his will. Saul is on his way to do his way. But all of a sudden, Jesus comes in and knocks him down. Mm. And he asks, him, he asks him this one question. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? You, you say you respect me. You, you say you honor me. You say you respect and honor the authority of the church. But yet you're persecuting me. You see, what many people don't understand when it comes to church, 
when it comes to the church, the church is God's bride. The church is God's bride. So when you call yourself a follower of Jesus, when you call yourself a follower of Christ, when you become a part of the church, when you become saved, healed, and delivered, and you step and you become and you get embraced into the church, the family of God, you become his bride. You become God's bride, and when you become God's bride, guess what? You become a part of him. And this is what God says. When people speak against you as this child of God, as his child, when, when speak, people speak against you as his follower, as people speak against you as his church, they speak it against him. So he asked Saul, why are you persecuting me? And then Saul didn't answer his question. He goes on with verse 5 and says, Who are you, Lord? He asked. And then the voice goes on and reply, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Next point. So, so we see that Saul's persecuting the church. We see that Saul respects the authority of the church. And the next point is The men that was with him heard the voice, but seen nothing. Verse 7, the men with Saul stood speechless, for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but saw no one. You, you, you see, well, what this scripture, what this verse is, but what what it's saying is that during your transformation period, that, that during this, this time that you're, you're getting transformed and you're becoming who God's called you to be, that there will be time for people to hear what you're supposed to be doing. There will be time people will hear, but they won't be able to see. They won't be able to see. See, see, they just heard the voice, but they didn't see the Savior. They heard the voice, but they didn't see Jesus. And 
They were still blinded. They were blinded. They were still tied to their own way. They, they were still tied to they all believed. They couldn't see the truth. The eyes were closed to the truth. But I want to let you know in verse 9 it says, I'm sorry, verse 8, that as Saul picked himself up off the ground, that as Saul picked himself off the ground, he opens his eyes, but he was blind. So his thing, Paul seen Jesus, even though his eyes were closed. Saul seen the truth. What God wants us to know in this text right here. It is that what you see and what you don't see with your natural eyes doesn't mean you can see. What you see with what you see and don't see with your natural eyes doesn't mean you can see in the spirit. You see, you can have 20-20 vision naturally, but still yet be blinded to what God has for you. Today God wants you to get 20-20 vision even in the spirit. You see, I grew up in church, and growing up in church, growing up in Baptist church, in Baptist church, and going to church a lot, I seen people start worshiping, giving evidence of a worship experience. And when I seen this, I seen they all close, and they're jumping and they're running. And yet, they never hit anyone else. I, I see that, that, that they're jumping and someone's running right at them. Their eyes are closed. And just when I think they're about to hit, collide, they move out the way. But yet, their eyes are still closed. I always wonder, how, what, what's going on? How did that happen? And as I started getting older and really reading the word of God and really growing in Christ, I'm like, oh, they never really, they never really in the spirit. That, that when, when you have, when, when, you, when your eyes are open in the spirit, when you really tap into the spirit of God, He will protect you. He will guide you. He will bring you out. So many people want to hear from God about where they're going. But what God is saying, open your eyes and see where to go. So many people want to hear. 
But tonight, God has said, open your eyes so you can know what it does. And then once he got up, God gave him the future. Once he got up, try to open your eyes. I'm not going to lie. He started following God's instructions. He, he, he didn't try to figure out how he got blind. He didn't try to figure out how he was going to get to his next destination. All he did was he followed so what is God trying to get us to understand from this passage? Number one, no God. No God. Number one, no God. No God. So, so, no God. Now, Saul, as we, as I said earlier. He respected the authority of the church because church is where God is. It's where the presence of God resides. It's holiness. It's his body. It's his family. It's his bride. It's his. So he respected it. But he didn't respect the individual. And instead of leaning on them, on God per se, he relied on the knowledge of God. You see, Saul knew God. He had knowledge of God. He had knowledge of the scripture. But, but he didn't have, well, he wasn't leaning on God. He was leaning on his own knowledge. Because knowledge says that God can't die. Knowledge says that God is separate. God now says that God is better than us. So why would God take the time to be born of a virgin? Why would God take the time to grow from infant to teenage, to grow from teenage to grown man? Why would God take the time to take 12 unknown men and train them up? Why would God take the time to be to be beaten, crucified, and die? Why would God take the time? And 
You, you see, now let's ask those questions. Why would a God who's all powerful and all knowing, why would a God that has all the power in the world take the time to come to this earth and be born of a virgin? Be witnessed, spit on, talked about. Start bleeding and hanging from a cross. Why would he do this? When we lean on knowledge of God, And knowledge alone. We, we, we bring we put God to a logical standpoint. That that God can't be Jesus. That that He's the Father and Creator. He's the author and finisher. He's the Alpha and Omega. He's a strong top. He's a punisher. And we, and we take away that he's a provider, he's a healer, he's a way maker, he's a redeemer. We just put God as God, as the Father. That he set standards that we follow. That, that he, he set a standard that we follow. And if we break it, if we break that standard, we, want, we are worthy to follow him. Let, 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 me, let me bring it to our day and time. Let me help us out. Saul was, Saul was that, that guy. Who went to church every Sunday? Who went to church every Wednesday? He went to every BTU. He was a part of the choir. He was a part of the usher team. He, he did tent revivals. He went to Sunday school. He did lock in. He did prayer in. He went to every afternoon event that the church had. He was in the church more times and as often as he can. He got the knowledge of God down pat. He got the routine. He got the routine of God down pat. So, so why is God wanting to talk about Saul? We're talking about this because it's happening tonight. It's happening. Today is happening even in 2024. We're in a new year and yet it's still happening. We get saved, healed, and delivered, and we fall into the routine of church. We get saved, healed, and delivered, we get rededicated, and we fall into the routine of church. 
We get the title. We get the position. We get the accolades. And we fall into the routine of church. And when people don't go to our church, or when people say they don't believe in God, we cast them out. We speak down on them like they aren't worthy to be in our presence. And it has, knowledge has become the only requirement the success in All you need is know how to pray. All you need to do is know when to pray. All you need to do is know when to be in the church. All you need to know is when to shout. All you need to know is when to clap your hands. All you need to know is when. We have fallen into a routine. But but I want to give you I want to give you a real example. It might, it might help some people really understand what's going on. You, you see, when you just love God. It's like going to college. It's like getting accepted into a college. You got your name on the road, and you're accepted into the college. They tell you the first day is here. And when, when the first day of class starts, you know what it would seem. When, 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 you, when the class is going on, you, you, you're, not, you, you're not participating. You're not even being expected at this point. Oh, you just enrolled into the class, got your name on the road, saying, in four years, I'm going to have this degree, but you don't show up to class. You don't talk to the teacher. You show up for midterms and finals. And because you read the required reading, you expect to pass the test. So, so, I have a funny story, well, it's funny right now, I am just not. Uh, as I was attaining my, my, business my business degree, there was a class I loved and I hated. <laughs> During this class, I was acing 
every assignment, facing every test. But it came to this one particular subject. It came to this one particular moment in the in a lesson plan. I, I looked at the book, I read it over and over, and I still could not get it. I still was not getting it all the way. And then one day, I asked the teacher, the instructor for assistance, and she made it perfectly clear and understandable. Well, what I'm saying is, when, when we get stuck in a, when we make a routine, and we get stuck in a rut, we oftentimes fall short of what God wants us to be. And when we get stuck in this routine, when we, we say, okay, this is what happened last time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep doing that. I fell short. By accident. And I went to God and asked for repentance and he gave me. But but so he's gonna do that every time. So so I do it again purposely and don't repent. But 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 here's the thing, you just can't know God. You also have to see God. You also have to see God. You have to know God and see God. I told you Saul was passionate. He was excited about the mission to go persecute Christians, kill them, bring them back in chains. He was ready. He was excited. And then in a moment, God knocked him down. And as we read that, as he got up, found out he still couldn't sleep, but he went on to do what God asked of him to do. So this point is what not you don't just gotta know God, you gotta see God. That that means you gotta put away your will in your way. Put away your will in your way. The, the way you want to do things, the way you want it to be, how you want it done, and follow God. You have to see God. You see, oftentimes when we when we get saved, healed, and delivered, we want to continue doing what we what we're good at. We want to continue doing what, what, what we're passionate about. How we want it done. But God is telling us tonight, 
Once we get saved, healed, and delivered, as we're going through the transformation process, we don't just know who God is. We have to see God. We have to know His way. We have to understand His will. Here's the thing. When, when you are called by God, after learning from Apostle Savannah Musa, as we talked about leadership, we are, we are called in our mother's womb. He called us by name and he called us to our purpose and our destiny. And when we are called by God, it is on our life. Even when we're walking the wrong way. Okay? So Saul was called by God. Okay? Before God, before Saul saw God, before Saul decided to follow God's way and not his way. Saul was walking in his calling, but it wasn't for God. It was for himself. You, you see, when we know God and we have knowledge of God and we know who we are, we know we're called. We leave God at the altar and we walk in our calling. We say, okay, now that I'm saved, healed, and delivered, I'm going to leave God right here and come back to him after I'm done. I'm going to leave God right here. Do, do what I'm called to do without God. And when I get in trouble, come back to me. You, you see, Saul was called to lead people. Saul was called to gather people. Saul was called to be a messenger for God. And then as we see in Acts chapter 9 that Saul was a leader among men. We see that Paul carried a message for the people of God. We see that Paul was walking in his calling, but not for God. Let me, let me, let me transition to me real quick. Before I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior all the way, I knew who God was. I was raised in the church. I knew, I heard preachers Prophets prophesied over my life. I knew what I was called to be and who I was called to. And, and when I felt like, okay, this God thing isn't working for me, I said, okay, God. If 
it doesn't work out what I want to do, I'm going to come back to you. So I went away. See, see here's the thing. I'm called to teach and I'm called to gather. I'm called to teach and I'm called to edify. And when I walked away from God, I started doing my own thing. I gathered a group of friends together. Again, the people together, we went out into the night, we didn't party. But, but for some reason, I didn't really like the club scene. So what I did was, I gathered my crew, and what we did was we had our own party. We, we called it Barry's Party, and we had fun there. We did what we did. And I was known for, if I wasn't there, it wasn't important. If, if, if my name wasn't a part of it, it wasn't something to be a part of. And I'm a, I, I, felt, I felt good, I'm like, yes, I'm walking. And what God wants me. I'm gathering people. We're having fun. Until one night. One night. God set me down. Matter of fact, God brought me in early, set me down, and says, it's time to change. It's time to come back. So, and when God told me that, I told, I told part of the story, but when God told me, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get a good night's sleep, we're going to go to work the rest of the week, change. And then next Sunday, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to go to the chapel. And the following day, less than 24 hours, God sends an invitation to go to church. I could have said in the back of my head, I'm not today. I am not I planned anything. I planned it. I can't can't do it today. Next week I but I followed the instructions. He said it's time to come back. I'm like, all right, God, let's go. And that moment, 
Paul was on the road to Damascus. I was on the steps going back to my room. You see, God will knock you down. So he can, so you can see. God will knock you down. So you can see. You see our pride, our self-worth, and our will blinds us to the things of God. Saul was so proud to be on his mission that he almost missed Jesus. I was so proud of my accomplishment of being a name for parties that I almost missed Jesus. So here's the thing. So how was it possible during this time? Because I told you, Saul was on his way to Damascus. He wasn't by himself. It says in scripture there was a group of men with him, but he was the only one that knocked down. He was the only one who got knocked down. God could not come down. How did this happen? Why did this happen? So, so here's the thing. I want, I want you to think back. Think, think if you if you go to church, if you watch church online, think about this. And praise and worship is going on. And you see your parents singing and shouting and praying like they lost their everlasting mind, going crazy for Jesus. And you just sit there just watching. The power of God just swept over the building and you just watch it. People get filled with the Holy Ghost. You just watching people jumping and shouting, people screaming, people running around the church. You just watching. You just watching people speaking tongues. I know it happens because I, I was. I was, 
I've seen people running, I've seen people shouting, I've seen people speaking in tongues, and I was like, no, that's not me, can't do it. Lives like the men. So the men that were with Paul were like this. They, they, they seen the evidence of the power of God, but had no reaction. You see, Paul had a reaction to the power of God. And it redeemed him. But the men had no reaction, and they, they sat in their ways. Paul had a reaction to the power of God, and it redeemed him, and he accepted God's way. See, the men that was with Saul, they were spectators in the power. They were just there because someone saw around the world. They heard what was going on, but no reaction. They heard and they saw Saul, and yet no reaction. So tonight, God wants you to know. Don't just know God. See God. Because when you know God, you know that God's the Father, God's the author and finisher, God's the way, God's Yahweh and Omega. But when you see God, You see God not just as a Yahweh. You don't just see God as Father. You see God as Son. You see, you see a God that came to this world in the form of a baby, born of a virgin, who was tempted by the things of the world. A man who was beaten, whipped, sped on, marked. Accused, falsely accused. A man that carried a heavy cross on the hill. A man that was hung on the cross, pierced in his hands and his side. A man that, that was put a crown of thorns on his head. A man that began to bleed, all for the sake of his creation. A man that didn't give up. When we when it got too tough, a man that did not give up during a time he could have gave up. A man that not, did not give up, even though people rejected what he was doing.
Today, God wants us to know. God wants us to see that, his, that Jesus Christ birth, death, and resurrection. Because when that man was on that cross, when that man, Jesus Christ, was bleeding from his head to his feet, when that man was cut off and lost, when, when he hung his head and he died, He didn't die just because. He didn't die and it ended the story. He didn't die. But he died and he was buried. And he rose again. Not to show you his power. Not to show us that he can do it. But because he loved us so He died for the sins. Of the law. When we know God and we see God, we see His bleed, we see a bleedingness. We see His death and His burial for us. And when we see God, we see His resurrection. Because, guess what? He wasn't resurrected a dead man. He wasn't resurrected a saint man. He was resurrected a king of kings, lord of lords, a waymaker, a provider, a healer, a deliverer, a redeemer. And tonight, God wants you to know we don't have to be stuck in routine. We don't have to be stuck on religion. Because, guess what? He, he, he enabled us to have a relationship with him. He, he, he allowed us, he bridged the gap so we can have a relationship with him. So no longer Am I what the world says I am? No longer am I subjected to my will. No longer am I subjected to what the world calls me. But because now, because of his life, death, burial, and resurrection on that cross, in that grave, now because of who Jesus Christ is, <laughs> I got my name back. Hmm. I got my name back. When I walk away from God, I, 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 I got a new name. I, I changed my name. When I walked away from God, my name wasn't my name anymore. My name was temporary. My name was subjective. But when I, when I came back to God, when he changed and he transformed me, I got my name back. <laughs> I became courageous again. I wasn't temporary anymore. I became courageous again. All because of a relationship with him. 
So tonight, God wants you to know we don't have to be stuck in routine. We don't have to be stuck with religion. We can have a relationship with him. You see, Saul was stuck in routine. Saul was stuck to religion. He didn't understand the relationship aspect of who God is. All he knew was the knowledge of him. But now, because of his role to the masters, Jesus presented to him a relationship. And tonight, is someone's road to the masters. Tonight is someone's road to the masters. Where God is knocking you down. Where God is saying, okay, your will is good, but it's not good enough. Your way is good, but it's not good enough. I'm presenting to you a better way. A better way. And that's a relationship with him. You don't have to be subjected to the world. You don't have to conform, conform, conform to the world. Because when you get saved, healed, and delivered, God will transform. When you get saved, healed, and delivered, and you stay with God, God will trust you. God will redeem you. So just, so just because we got out the series saved, healed, and delivered doesn't mean we're walking away from God. Doesn't mean we're walking away from the scriptures. Doesn't mean we're walking away from the word. You know what that means? We just get, we're going even deeper. You thought, you thought we were going into the deep with saved, healed, and delivered. But guess what? We're going even deeper with who I'm not. So, I, so here's the thing. I understand something. If you thought God was stepping on some toes and lasses, if you thought God was stepping on some toes and in people's business lasting, just wait. God's about to be all up in your business, rearranging, cleaning, making a way for you this season. And he's about to knock you down. But he's not going to knock you to stay down. He's going to commit to you. A better way. A better way. Amen.
Thank you for watching and tuning in. I love this chapter, chapter 9. If you haven't read that chapter 9, and you don't have a Bible plan already, go read Acts chapter 9. It's amazing to read. It's amazing. I love it. The, it, it, it told us the transformation of song. Amen. Because the man who wrote the man who wrote the journey of the Bible is, it tells you his beginning. It tells you his transformation. Because here's the thing. Someone who's watching tonight, what God told me in my person earlier today, is that someone's watching and they've been subjected to the smoke. They've been subjected to being good enough. But God is saying, good, you've been a good enough for tomorrow. I bring you to something better. You, you've been satisfied with being saved, healed, and delivered. But now God is saying, I am transforming you. I am redeeming you. You've been okay. You've been okay with second minutes. You've been okay with just going to church on Sunday. You've been okay with just praying for 15 minutes. But what God is saying tonight, God is about to elevate God is about to elevate your prayer life to 30 God is about to elevate you to speak God is about to elevate you and form into some scripture knowledge. God is about to reveal to you scripture knowledge. God is about to bring you to a new level in your teaching, in your preaching. God is about to bring you to a new level of understanding. God is about to bring you to a new level. Amen. Before we leave, I want to pray for that interview. Father God, I just thank you, Father God. I thank you, Father God, for that individual that, that you're about to elevate. That no man can knock down. That you're about to elevate to something even bigger and better, Father God. That you're about to elevate your Father God to a new level of wisdom, Father God. You're about to elevate your Father God to a new level understand. You're about to elevate them to a new level in their career, Father God. You're about to elevate them, Father God. And Father God, I pray, Father God, as you're elevating them, Father God, that they stay with you, Father God, that they stay in your embrace, Father God. Father God, I thank you, Father God, for your elevation. Father God, I thank you, Father God, for what you're about to do, Father God. And as you're about to do it, we, I pray that we walk in the spirit, that we walk after you, Father God, that we, as we, that we follow you, and we understand every footstep. We understand every speech, Father God. We understand every word. But we don't look to the left or to the right, but we continue looking into you. That we don't take our focus off. That we continue 
believing on you, Father God, that we continue knowing your knowledge, but we continue seeing you, that our eyes are now open. And as Apostle Mary said in 2019, the blindness of our pride are taken off. The blindness of religion are taken off. The blindness of our will and our way are removed. And Father God, you open our eyes to the new thing. You open our eyes in the spirit, Father God. And Father God, you're strictness us for the next. You're strengthening us for the next. You're guiding us for the next. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for what's about to be done. Father God, we rejoice for what you're doing. We praise you and we give you all the glory for where you brought us from. We are no longer the other, but we're who you have called us to be. Thank you, Father. In your son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Again, I want to thank everyone and watch this in the series. Who am I? Amen. I want to again thank y'all. And I want to welcome everyone back to our next episode. Lord's Prayer, you know what this is, God is, is, is showing out and pouring on this episode, God is pouring and pouring in the guests, amen, you don't want to miss it. So that is all I have, that is all the time I'm going to take up from you, go off and live an amazing life, go out and live what God calls you to live. Amen. Oh,